and patriots all across this great nation and all across the globe. First and foremost, I want to start off this show by sending out our prayers to everyone in Louisiana. Um, They're going to be needing a lot of help. It seems like it's been a very destructive hurricane. And um, we should all be praying for the people of Louisiana and the people of New Orleans, where it seems to be um, where the hurricane is targeting the most. Um, Ida apparently is sparking like tornado flood threats and, um, and a lot of, and it's moving inland and a lot of people, um, the majority of uh, Louisiana has lost power. Um, and, um, and it's still not done. So that being said, um, we should all send our prayers out to them and, um, and, you know, try to help them as much as we can with what we can. I know times are hard right now for a lot of Americans out there, but whatever we could do to help them, um, I'd I'd uh, I'd say we do it. I'd say we do it. Um, so I wanted to get straight into the subject because I did not do my podcast on Friday. I was working uh, on some other projects, on some other things um, that I'm getting ready for you guys. But that being said, the topic that we have to bring up, we'll, we'll jump into COVID-19. I got more stuff that I uh, found out on covid uh, but we need to jump into this Afghanistan retreat because we've had fallen soldiers, and I believe that we should be honoring these soldiers. I believe that they deserve every voice to be heard, every single one of them to be heard, every parent, every single person that's been involved in this ridiculous and utter stupidity of a presidency and retreat of Afghanistan. I mean, the Pentagon reveals that ISIS actually hit a rocket inside the Kabul airport perimeter in the final hours of the evacuation. 
This is the lack of respect and this is the instability that we're going to have in that region. This is the future, ladies and gentlemen. We evacuated Afghanistan to start terrorism all over again. It will be a safe haven for terrorists. Americans are still stranded over there. They're all Americans did not leave. And um, it's sad to see that people like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, um, Dorsey, Zuckerberg, all the richest people in the world, none of them are doing anything to help their fellow Americans. But Glenn Beck sent, sent private planes. Donald Trump's doing his best. As he, I believe he sent a plane as well to try to evacuate people out of there. But the richest people in the world can care less about their people. Sad, sad moment in history. We will remember all these moments in history and we will never forget what the sacrifices that these young Americans did. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to first put in, this is going to be a long show, guys, because we're going to get into everything. We are going to get into everything and I want to make sure that you guys understand this because we got to get a lot of things off the plate. There's a lot of things on COVID that I researched this weekend. There's a lot of things that I have to get off my mind. There's the voice of the American people, which you guys know I will always be your voice. I will always and forever be your voice. And you guys know that if you want to be on my show, it's a it, it's a phone call away. You simply have to call 310-498-5463, 310 5463 and you will be on the show or you can email me at jace j-a-s-e at the republicannation.com now i'm going to tell you something that i am going to do and you guys will be seeing it on social media i will be giving away i will be giving away the the mini cooper that i have um worked on that it's the republican nation it, it was supposed to be the little red machine that i called it i am going to give it to somebody in need specifically i would like to give it to a veteran that does not have a vehicle and is having a rough time right now. Um, I've upgraded the car. I've spent thousands of dollars. I put in a new engine in there um, and I'm going to be giving it away. So if you guys know somebody um, or you guys know somebody who deserves of this or you needs it, um, please feel free to email me or call our, call our direct line and let me know. I will be posting it on all social media platforms and I will be giving it away. There's no catch to it, nothing. It's a giveaway. That's it. That is my way of saying thank you to all these soldiers that give their lives and put their lives on the line for us. Now let's go straight into one heart-crushing um, moment when uh, um, a Marine, a 20-year-old Marine, which, mind you, most of these Marines that passed away were under the age of 25 years old, which is sad. Um, they were just beginning their lives. But... One of their mothers called in and um, had a few words to say, and I'm going to air it because this mother deserves her voice to be heard on every single platform all across the nation, even uh, on mainstream media that her voice needs to be heard. So I want you guys to take a listen to this mother and what she is going through. This call, I'm going to start with calls here. Kathy, Colorado, you're on the Wilcow Majority. Hello. Hey, my son was one of the Marines that died yesterday. Your and to son? listen to that. Sorry, I'm on the radio. No, 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 no. Um, go, go my ahead. son uh, was one of the Marines that died yesterday. 20 years and six months old. 
getting ready to come home from freaking Jordan to be with his wife to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning to Marines at my door telling me my son was dead. So to have her on right before me and listen to that piece of crap talk about diplomatic crap with freaking Taliban terrorists who just freaking blew up my son and know nothing to not say anything about, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the families. So my son is gone and I just want all you Democrats, you just killed my son with a dementia-ridden piece of crap who doesn't even know he's in the White House. He still thinks he's a senator. So I'm going to try and calm down. I'm sorry. No, you look, I, I, I take I, I take this call with due trust here. I don't I would hope nobody would uh, call up and, and say if this wasn't true. I I, just, I can't imagine what house. Marine just left my house two minutes ago getting my divorce decree. A Marine, two Marines showed up my house at four o'clock in the morning. Tell me my son was dead. So my name is Kathy McCollum. My son was Riley James McCollum. You can check it out. Um, his wife, I, she might not want me to say her name. Um, they just got married on February 14th, and they're expecting a baby on on uh, September 26th. And um, I just can't, I just, I just couldn't sit by idly because I think I need to just process through anger instead of tears. And so this is how I'm going to do it. And Laura Bobert's coming to my house tomorrow. My representative will be at my house tomorrow and um, we'll speak and hopefully she'll be able to convey my message to the rest of the United States that this was, she said, your son did not die in vain, but guess what? My son did die in vain. This was an unnecessary debacle that could have been handed, handled properly. They had months and months to, re- to remove everyone from Afghanistan and they chose not to. And so they sent in freaking, what, 6,000 troops? And my son, through the laws of statistics, my son was one of the ones who just got blown up in a freaking terrorist bomb yesterday. So I, ho- I know you'll check it out, and that's fine. Um, well, so you, instead of grieving and crying, I'm just getting mad. If there's any organization that you would like me to connect you to, if you want us, you want to give us information, there are many family support organizations that we work with. We used to do a thing called Vet Ride. Uh, it's not just for wounded soldiers and Marines. It's it's also for families that have lost people. I can't imagine what you're going through right now. I, you're everything you're feeling right now is justified um i don't think you have to apologize or tell us you're going to come you you have every right to feel how you feel and to speak your mind and i consider it an honor that you would call this program and you would call me because i love listening to you and i believe in you well thank you and obviously i'm we're halfway I'm halfway across the country from you. I can't come over and comfort you right now. There's nothing I can do from from where I'm sitting in this studio. But no, if there's I anything, a, if, 
my boyfriend's an army veteran. He was uh, in the 101st. He was the first wave over in 03, uh, March of 03 in Iraq. And so thank God for him. And I think he might have been a big influence on why my son wanted to join the military. Um, my son was a genius child, uh, an IQ of 156. He could have done anything he wanted to do in the military. And he chose to be a Marine sniper. And that was his choice. Instead of just, you know, being fast tracked, he chose, um, he chose this course. But I never thought in a million years that he would die for nothing, for nothing, because a feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap decided he wanted a photo op on September 11th. That's what kills me. I wanted my son to represent our country, to fight for my country, but I never thought that a feckless piece of crap would send him to his death and smirk on television while he's talking about people dying with his nasty smirk. The dementia-ridden piece of crap needs to be removed from office. It never would have happened under Trump. And I am, I'm pacing, just so you know, I'm out of breath because I'm pacing. But it, it is so disgusting that these people cannot even, even acknowledge the fact that they just killed my son for nothing, for an ill-managed um, debacle of a freaking withdrawal from a country that we had total control of. That's what gets me. That's what gets me. If my son would have gone in on, on when my boyfriend did on in March of 03 to freaking defend our country against terrorists, that would have been one thing. But this is a whole nother animal. Again, I you have the right to vent. And you have the right to feel the way that you're feeling. And and I'm not going to. I, I will sit on the phone with you as long as you need me to. I will sit here. I, I will sit here with you as long as you need me to or want me to. I can't afford to pay you by the hour, sir. If, you, if you're going to be no. my therapist, I can't afford to pay you by the hour. <laughs> oh, sorry, trying to make jokes, man. But this is, I mean, how much more horrific can it get than to know that your son died for nothing? And I talked to Lauren Bobert. She's going to be at my house tomorrow. And, um, and I, and I, and I'm a, I'm a smart ass and I, I guess this is how I deal with things. I can't cry because I'm too mad to cry, which is so sad that I can't cry for my son right now. I'm just too mad to cry for my son right now. I'm, but when I see that baby in a month, when his baby is born, I'm sure I'll break down and cry. But right now I cannot afford to cry. I've got to be strong. His wife is in freaking Oceanside, California right now. And um, I need to be strong for her. And I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to cry because if I start crying, I'm not going to stop. So I'm just going to stay pissed off. And that's the only way I'm going to be able to do this. Because there, you, if you ever are waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning with two Marines at your house, I knew and I, I told everybody yesterday before they informed me, I knew yesterday my son was dead. I called 10 people yesterday before they even came. And everybody thought I was nuts. And then at 4 in the morning, there they were, telling me he was gone. So uh, I'm just trying to work through this. I'm trying to be normal. I'm not going to be able to be normal. Um, but for every Democrat who cheated or voted for Biden, 
that left my son in harm's way and allowed this dementia-ridden piece of crap who is a treasonous man who just got into office because he was running out of funds for his family. You did this to my son. Every Democrat that's listening, you did this to my son to prop up a disgusting human being. So I guess I don't have anything else to say. So right there, ladies and gentlemen, that was one grieving mother. And it was heartbreaking when I heard this. But again, uh, they deserve their voices to be heard. This is another... <sighs> it's very hard to, to, to listen to this because, you know, as you see what's going on in this country and you see everything that's unfolding, it is so sad and it is horrific to think that Joe Biden is running this country and this imbecile has sent so many young kids to their death Kids that haven't even started their lives. Kids that were planning on starting their lives and now can't start their lives. Kids that will be born without a father. This is all Joe Biden's doing. I want you to take a listen to this one. Was a U.S. Marine called Kareem Nakui. This video from Afghanistan could be the last taken of him before his death. Say hi to the camera. Say hi. Hey. Be friends. Be friends. 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 Yeah. Friends. Friends. Ah, his father is Steve Nakui, and he joins us tonight. Mr. Nakui, I appreciate your coming on, and our hearts break for you. I'm, and I mean that. I'm sorry. Um. So thank you, Tucker. I, you know, it's hard even to know what to ask you other than uh, to, to extend our sincere, for real, heartfelt sympathies. Um, but how are you doing 24 hours later? Well, I'm going on about 36 hours, I believe, that I've been up and um, I'm still in shock. Uh, the family is devastated and um, his mother, who's an excellent mom, um, <clears throat> you know, is doing the best that she can, um, considering the circumstances. Yeah. So the reason that we wanted to talk to you, I, I just to remind everyone if you, watching and people already know this, but that these are real people serving our country and, and dying, uh, because they, they've been asked to put their lives, um, at, at risk. So were you concerned your boy is over there in the final days of our occupation? Were you worried for him? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, he had voiced some worry, too, to the family earlier prior to him going. And um, looked at the the way that the Taliban had, you know, pretty much infiltrated the whole country so fast. And we were just kind of, it seemed, left to just this one little airport really concerned me. And yeah. the videos that we were getting and the pictures that we were getting from him looked somewhat chaotic. But we got the video that that you had just played and we got other ones where he was really interacting with, you know, the locals and was kind of an awe in his approach to uh, his difficult job. So just, you know, that video that you saw in his pictures and, and how he was handling it really put us at ease 
to yeah. where we felt like, you know, he's he's all right. What's so bitter about this is how chaotic it was. And, you know, if this had been handled from Bagram Air Base, which the U.S. controlled for 20 years, it seems like this wouldn't have happened. Is that your view? Well, yeah, I mean, these are, of course, my views and has nothing to do with his view as a Marine and, you know, the loyalty that he has there. I've never served. But, yes, my view is that from what I saw of the airport that they were in, it looked like a turkey shoot. Basically, it's funneled into like a single file type entry point at which, you know, if you have any sort of chaos of any of any sort, um, they would all like gather to that one funneled area, which they would all be susceptible. And I think that's exactly what happened. Um, it was just basically so chaotic and not not really planned out. Now, I'm a carpenter and even I could could spot that um, with my untrained military eye. Yeah, it did seem it did seem pretty obvious. Uh, have you heard from the Marine Corps, the political leadership in this country since your son's death? Yeah, they have been incredible. So, you know, basically what had happened was how I found out is I was glued to the TV all day yesterday because, you know, we I had woken up and I, I wasn't feeling well. And I just felt like something was wrong. My wife felt that there was something wrong. And, you know, as we go downstairs, we realize that this had happened. And now, you know, we're we're like, well, there's some, you know, legitimacy to how we're feeling. And um, so, we're you know, I'm glued to the TV all day. I have my... um, and and I see, you know, it says three wounded, then three killed, then 10 killed, then 12, then 13. And, um, you know, so many um, Afghans. And I'm trying to find out what time this actually took place so I can reference when he was working to get some sort of insight. Then they said that the president was going to talk, you know, I believe at one o'clock. So I, I felt like, you know... Maybe from that speech, I'd be able to get whether or not all the families had been um, contacted or if they still have to been contacted. Because previously I had I had seen that, you know, the the prior administration would normally contact people like first, like yes. the actual president of the United States. So I had some sort of sense like, hey, OK, maybe that would happen. So then that's not happening and things are still transpiring to be you know, a little more grave. And I start Googling, well, how long does it take for the military to, you know, uh, uh, um, inform its next of kin? And I somehow from the internet gathered about eight hours. And this is about after he had talked, because after he had talked, he had, he had said that, you know, I, I believe he had said that, no, they're, they're still going to be contacted. Or I think maybe the commentator said, well, there'll be some knock on the doors tonight. So at that time, I didn't know if there was going to be a knock on the door or a call. So about after his speech, um, that he did, I then got my phone and put my phone down by the television. Now I had the cable on that had the four different networks on my cable. So I had Fox News, BBC, CNN, and something else, um, which, you know, I was just, the reason I had that is because I was able to see, you know, the optics of the four channels and 
you know, pick where I wanted to get my information from. Well, I also started to think, well, you know, they're going to might have possibly come here. So what I had done was I got my phone that has the camera at the front porch and I put that down. So if anyone was to walk up, I'd be able to rush outside and intercept them because I didn't, I didn't want if something happened to my son that these Marines, n nothing against them, were to tell my family. I felt like, you know, that was my responsibility. Yeah. So... Oh. I finally realized, you know, they're not going to come at three o'clock. They're going to come between five and 10 when everybody's home from work. So then I realized, you know, okay, well, you know, five to 10, if I can make it between five to 10, even if I haven't heard from him, I know that, you know, he's all right. And he just doesn't have a way to, to contact me because they either shut down the internet or shut down cell service or whatever. And, um, seven 15, I see something in the corner of my eye on my phone and three people are walking up my driveway and my other son, his brother, um, had gone to a football game and had two of his friends. So I was hoping that, you know, it was him. And as soon as I saw them turn the corner and saw it was three Marine suits, my, my life changed forever. <clears throat> and uh, uh. I went down there and met them. And I think I did before they even knocked on the door. And all I kept saying, and, and, and this goes to the point that you're asking, did any service, you know, come and address to us? Yes. And they were incredible. These young men were so, had so much empathy and were so concerned with me and my family, who luckily my family wasn't there. It was just me at the time. And I thank God, you know, I thank Jesus that that happened, that I was able to intercept them. And all I kept telling them, they were literally there for like five minutes. I was all, you know, let's sign whatever papers we have to sign now, but you have to leave because I have to take care of my family and I don't want someone to come here while you're here. And they were totally understanding. And then it dawned on me that, yes, maybe I don't need the condolences from them, but I don't want to. I don't want to take that opportunity from my other family members, my wife, my, my son. So I asked them, look, they're at a football game for the high school watching a football game. Can you please wait down the street until they come? And then I could see if they want you to come and do your, your, your condolences presentation. Those Marine, those boys sat out there for four hours. For four hours, they sat out there. Until they came, uh, until my wife came, which she, no, you know, <laughs> it was not good. And, and I could not, um, I could not have them come to the house. It was, it was horrible. Like I said, I've been up for about 36 hours, but I was, I was in awe and, and, and just humbled by the, uh, <clears throat> by their performance. Ah. Uh, I, I appreciate, Steve, you're telling us that. Now, I want you guys to keep on understanding here. Look at how Joe Biden treated our troops, those who protect and defend our country. Okay, that is that is Joe Biden. That is the piece of shit that we have in office. Um, and and furthermore, to, to even make matters worth, worse, right now, there's reports saying that Afghans uh, blame Biden airstrike for 10 civilian deaths, including children. So not just does he have the death of our troops, our American warriors, 
but he also has his hands full of blood of children and the Afghan people that wanted nothing, uh, nothing of this. And unfortunately, this is the country we are living in. This man is a joke. This man is a disaster. He must be impeached, should be impeached. Anybody else under any, any other circumstances would have already been impeached. Okay, would have been already impeached. But since this is Joe Biden, um, he gets away with whatever the hell he wants. Um, he gets away with whatever he, he wants, you know, and this is the way that this world is unfortunately headed to. This is the way that this world, um, but it's not, you know, at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, um, nothing, nothing, I mean, nothing in this world is ever going to justify um, what happened. Nothing in this world is ever going to justify what happened. And, um, and honestly speaking, he, um, he is a clown. Um, he, he is literally, literally the epiphany of what the worst, the worst individual on this planet could ever 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 ask for he is he's he needs to resign most americans are already sick of him most already uh most americans are already realizing this guy was a mistake and most americans are already begging begging for him to come back begging for him to come back and you know who we're talking about you know exactly who we're talking about we are talking about Donald J Trump um and i and i'm trying to find for you guys the the clip where where Donald Trump speaks where Do- Donald Trump speaks personally on the handling of this and how he would have handled it um, differently. So, and and bear with me because every time, um, every time that something's posted about Donald Trump, it's always being censored. I mean, look, I found it, right? And it's a sensitive content. This video may show violent or graphic content. I mean, seriously? President Trump, Mr. President, we, we played your, your remarks that you just released. Uh, I want to first get your reaction to the events of today, and I've got a lot of questions I want to ask you. Well, it's so sad. It's probably from the standpoint of military tactics and, and just uh, embarrassment, uh, the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to our country. We look like fools all over the world. We're weak. We're pathetic. We're being led by people that have no idea what they're doing. They take the military out, and then they say, now we'll bring out the people. And all of a sudden, the Taliban walks in. We had the Taliban so under control, they wouldn't have moved without getting our approval. We had an incredible agreement. They weren't killing our soldiers. You know that. And it was part of it. In fact, Biden actually said that today. 
He said they weren't killing him because of the agreement that we had, that we did. And they hadn't killed one of our soldiers in uh, many, many, many months. And they weren't going to because they were afraid to. And we had them totally in control. All of a sudden, Biden administration takes over and they say, we're taking the military out. They didn't take, say they're taking the people. First, you take the people out. And then you take the equipment out. We left $80 billion worth of equipment. And I want to tell you, I think our soldiers, forgetting about even civilians, I think our soldiers are in tremendous danger. I think airplanes flying in and out of the airport are in tremendous danger. They have the best equipment, best rockets, the best tanks and helicopters, Apache helicopters, a lot of them that are immensely Valuable, And by the way, Russia wants them because they want to examine them because we have far superior technology and China wants them. This is the, the dumbest thing. I think it was the dumbest move anybody's ever made, perhaps in the history of our country, allowing this to happen, taking the military out and then say, oh, we hope to get the people out. And then when I hear... General McKenzie say that the Taliban is going to protect us. The Taliban's the enemy. I dealt with the leader of the Taliban. This is not this is not a very simple man. This is not a boy scout to put it another way. This is a tough hardened person that's been fighting us for many years and we're using them now to protect us. Look what happened with their protection. 100 people, much more, they say than 100 people were killed and 13 of our Incredible military were killed. And that's just the beginning because there are many of our military in the hospital right now, very badly wounded and hurt. Mr. President, let me ask you and get your reaction to President Biden's presser today, where he is sticking to this artificial deadline and clearly accepting and acknowledging that the idea that Americans will be left behind and the allies that they now have the database. They even handed over a list of people that we wanted to to get through to the airport, that those people will be left behind when promises were made, not necessarily where we take them, but we'd get them the hell out of there. Um, pretty much a, a, a death sentence for all of them. The Taliban's already been going door to door. We have reports of it. But what is your reaction to sticking to this artificial deadline and your reaction to the idea of accepting a notion that we leave Americans behind? So they gave this list of Americans to the Taliban, who we've been fighting for many, many years. And they're tough fighters. They're good fighters. But now they can be much better because they have the best equipment in the world. And so much of it, they don't know what to do. They'll be selling it on the open market. But we gave that to these people. And ISIS-X, as you know, I knocked out 100 percent of the ISIS caliphate. I knocked it out in Syria, Iraq. We knocked it out. So now they have a new ISIS called ISIS-X. And that's members of the Taliban that are far more vicious because they don't like the way the Taliban's behaving because they're not vicious enough. So this is Taliban fighters that are much more vicious and we're using the Taliban and giving lists of Americans to the Taliban. So now you just knock on the door and grab them and take them out. This country has never seen stupidity like this. And our country is really in trouble. Now, I want you guys to take a listen. <laughs> this is this is just embarrassing. Listen to how Joe Biden tries to clean his hands. But Joe... You got blood on your hands, my friend. You ain't cleaning anything. Watch it. 
Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you'd one day say these things. You know, as well as I do, that the former president made a deal with the Taliban that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others, but would not attack any American forces. Remember that? I'm, I'm being serious. I, no, I, I'm asking you a question. Because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate, the best of you or not? What? Do you think that people have an issue with pulling out of Afghanistan or just the way that things have happened? I think they have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed. And that it is messy. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it or has reported it, the reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. Yeah, he's trying to play the blame game. But the problem is, Joe, the way you left was embarrassing. The execution was embarrassing. And because of you, Americans died. Joe, this is on you, my friend. No one else. Mr. President, let me take you back to remarks you made in 2017 um, because you ran in 2016. I covered, as you know, that campaign extensively. I want you guys to listen you to You ran on the idea that there would be an orderly withdrawal from Afghanistan, but you decided to slow the withdrawal down in 2017, and here is what you said. The consequences of a rapid exit are both predictable and unacceptable. 9-11, the worst terrorist attack in our history, was planned and directed from Afghanistan because that country was ruled by a government that gave comfort and shelter to terrorists. A hasty withdrawal would create a vacuum that terrorists, including ISIS and Al-Qaeda, would instantly fill just as happened before September 11th. But, but you had got to the point where you felt it was safe enough, that you could have a withdrawal in such a way that you're leaving in place the pieces where the Afghan army and enough air support that they would be able to keep the peace, keep control, and keep the Taliban at bay. You, you did make adjustments to your policy. 
No, I had it. I had it set up so perfectly. It was done so well. We were all ready. Everything was good. We had the Taliban totally frozen in place. They weren't going to move. And that's when I made my move. But, you know, we rely on stupid people like H.R. McMaster, uh, John Bolton. Some of these people were really stupid people. I mean, Bolton was involved in getting us in with Bush into the Middle East. But you rely on people. Fortunately, whether it's Fauci or them, I don't listen to a lot of people if I think they're bad ideas. But we have a lot of very bad and very uh, the only thing I can think, not very smart people giving advice. But we were set up and it didn't have to be hasty. What I said is exactly right, because we didn't have to go quickly because we had them frozen in place. They weren't going to move. And Abdul, as I like to call him, Abdul was just going to wait us and just he was going to go in and he was going to be fighting. Now, I've told you numerous times the Afghan military was paid a lot of money by the United States. Those soldiers were among the highest paid soldiers. They weren't fighting for their country. I remember when Mattis was saying, sir, they're fighting for their country. They were fighting because they got paid a lot of money. And as soon as that money, as soon as that spigot was turned off, they turned and that was the end of that. Now, this was a horrible thing. We had that so beautifully placed. If we would be there now, we would be, if we would be in as president and with the administration, you would have seen something very nice. Nobody would have even realized we had gone. Everybody would have been out. The equipment would have been taken out. I would have blown up all of the bases. We would have kept Bagram and we would have had some Pretty talented people there, but we would have kept it because of China and Iran and Afghanistan to a much lesser extent. And literally nobody would have even known they'd go back to there, whatever they do, and let them fight each other. We should have never been there and never been in the Middle East in the first place. That is intelligence, my friends. That is not a dumb, idiotic moron. And the reason I'm dedicating so much time to this is because these soldiers deserve to know that they did, they did not die in vain. Okay, they, they, they died because of lack of leadership, but they did serve our country and we are still grateful and all Americans still love them and still grateful for their service and trying to get Americans out of Afghanistan. But the blame is only on one person and one person only. Joe Biden, and wait whoever voted for Joe Biden as well. Now, I want to, I, and I'm going to end it with this, okay? Because I want people to understand how it really looks like when you have a leader in office. This is what a real president looks like. This is how a real president addresses the American people. This is what a non-senile president addresses the people. As one nation, America mourns the loss of our brave and brilliant American service members in a savage and barbaric terrorist attack in Afghanistan. These noble American warriors laid down their lives in the line of duty. They sacrificed themselves for the country that they loved, racing against time to rescue their fellow citizens from harm's way. They died as American heroes, and our nation will honor their memory forever. I want to express my deepest condolences to the families of those we have lost. Today, all Americans grieve alongside you.
Together, we also pray that God will heal the other courageous American service members who were wounded in this heinous attack. In addition, our hearts are with the families of all the innocent civilians who died and with the many men, women, and children who were terribly injured in this act of evil. This tragedy should never have taken place. It should never have happened, and it would not have happened if I were your president. Over the past few weeks, I know that many Americans have felt profound sorrow and even pain watching the events taking place in Afghanistan, and perhaps none more so than the veterans of that 20-year war. Many of them answered the call proudly and without hesitation after the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. Every American who served in Afghanistan has made tremendous sacrifices for our country. On behalf of your fellow citizens, I want you to know that those sacrifices were not made in vain. We know what you did. We know how brave you were. And we thank you. We salute you. And we honor you for all time. I hope that every American will join me in continuing to pray for the safe return of all U.S. citizens and soldiers from Afghanistan in the coming days. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. That, my friends, is a leader. That is our president. That is what true leadership sounds like. Joe Biden smirked. Joe Biden didn't even acknowledge, even made a smile, a smirk when when asked a a question and made a joke about it, about the troops. You know why? Because Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing. Joe Biden is lost. Joe Biden is lost in translation, my friends. Joe Biden is not all there. And as you could see, for those of you that continue the, on the left that continue to argue and say, well, there's no way of doing this without getting out of the world. Trump just laid out what his plan was going to be. I guess we'll never know since you guys rigged the election. And may I add, before I jump into the COVID, um, before I jump into the COVID um, conversation that I so want to w- jump into, I want to re- report something that was, um, that was listed in Breitbart News. J. Christian Adams, 15 million mail ballots unaccounted for for 2020 election. The worst way to run an election, what they did in 2020, J. Christian Adams says. People of PILF told Host Boyle in an interview, the Election Assistance Committee, which is a federal agent, puts out a report every two years. One one of the things it has is the number of mail-in ballots that were sent out, the number of mail-in ballots that came back, and the number of bail-in ballots that were straight up rejected, meaning the election officials said there was a defect. There is This is not data that we're speculating about, he added. This is federal data. And that's where we get the 15 million number. 15 million ballots were sent in the mail last year that never, ever came back and were counted. And he emphasized on it. This election was rigged. This election was stolen, and this is why America's where it's at right now, okay? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take callers because I always, my main message in this in this podcast is that I will always voice the American, the Amer- I will always vo- voice America. 
I will always be the voice of America. And I plan to, to be consistent with this. Okay? And again, I want you guys to know, this is 100% factual. I am, and I will be posting a video. I am going to give a vet my Mini Cooper that I have custom made, worked on, spent thousands of dollars replacing parts, and it is a fast machine for a vet that does not have any wheels to get around and needs a vehicle. So I am 100% serious about this. Again, I am truly blessed that I live in this beautiful country, and I am blessed because of those soldiers that give their lives to protect my freedoms and my family's freedoms, and I will forever be grateful to them. Hey, Jace, uh, this is John calling from uh, suburban St. Louis again. Listen, you've been covering the mask mandates quite a bit this week, and uh, it's been pretty interesting with all the information. Anyway, uh, we have a tyrant here in St. Louis County. County executive is named uh, Sam Page. Uh, if you look him up, uh, there's been an ongoing saga with whether or not to mandate masks throughout our county, which is one of the last counties in the state, or, no, I'm sorry, one of the few counties in the United States and uh, one of the few counties in Missouri that has mandated masks and mask wearing for indoors. Um, anyway, this guy is a tyrant, and there's been a back and forth with the council and our governor and our attorney general, Eric Schmidt, who is running for Senate here in Missouri to take Roy Blunt's spot because Roy Blunt is a rhino piece of crap. And uh, Schmidt's doing a great job fighting the tyranny, but it just brings back to light all the stuff you've mentioned this week pertaining to masks and mandates and trying to force this shit down our throats. Keep singing the, uh, keep fighting the good fight and uh, love your show, man. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling in. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. You are one. Look, masks don't work, guys. And those that are complaining that are vaccinated, hey, go fuck yourselves. I don't give a fuck what you do. I don't care if you got the vaccine or not. That's your problem. You're the one that's protected, apparently. You're the one that took the vaccine. You're the one that shouldn't be worried. And apparently evidence is showing that people with the vaccines are spreading it even faster. So... And, and I'm going to get to that in the show. That's why I told you this show was going to be a bit longer because now I'm going and I'm digging into doctors and what doctors have to say. I'm not going the Q Avenue. I'm not going anywhere near that avenue. I'm looking up doctors. I'm listening to doctors and what doctors have to say about COVID-19 and the vaccinations. As a matter of fact, I'm going to show you something that's going to even freak you out more. This is a celebrity but I'm going to get another call in before we jump into the COVID conversation. Hi, Jay. Um, I'm just calling to talk about the stuff that happened with Afghanistan. Um, my heart truly breaks for the families and the people who have been affected by this, both in Afghanistan and the ones that are in America as well. It just, I don't know if you heard about it or not, but there was a phone call released, or I guess it was on the radio, of one of the mothers of one of the victims of the Afghanistan bombing. 
and it just it breaks my heart to listen to it and I just don't know how people can listen to that and still stand behind Joe Biden because there are absolutely people people like that who are standing behind the, the stuff that he's doing they're saying that it was necessary and I mean people around my college campus as well I know I've talked about this before are just saying like yeah it's a a terrible thing that's happened, but it was necessary for us to pull out of Afghanistan, and I feel like it could have been done, it couldn't have been done in a better way, which is truly disgusting to me. And also, I just think it's disgusting how Jen Psaki is talking about that she didn't leave the American, like, we didn't leave Americans stranded. Yes, we fucking did. It's honestly just disgusting that you would even try to manipulate the situation into saying that you did not leave them stranded. What would you call that then if you had no possible way to get back to the United States? You pulled the military out and now they are stuck there. You don't call that stranded. I don't know what the fuck is then. But yeah, it's just, this is truly a broken country that we have become. And it's truly sad to see all these, like all these things unravel. I mean, it's sad to know that I'm going to be growing up in a country that doesn't understand all this like what it means to be an American and it's truly just upsetting but yeah I just wanted to call and I guess ask for your input on the Jim Saki uh interview and as well as um if you have heard if you'd heard of the mother's phone call what you thought about that personally and how people have responded to it but yeah thanks for taking the time for listening First and foremost, thank you for calling. Second, there you go, guys. I do not vet the calls before they come in because I sh- I actually presented the audio prior to the show starting. Um, Listen, you don't have anything to worry about. You're not going to be raised in America because we're not going to allow it to happen. Americans are still patriotic. We're here. We're ready. And we're not going to let this country get stolen or taken away from us. I promise you that. Okay? You don't have anything to worry about because we have people like you that are calling in because you're worried about this country and you're talking to other people. And, and, and let me tell you something. Eventually these young idiots that are roaming around these liberals that are roaming around the streets, eventually they'll have a wake up call and they'll realize, shit, I've been on the wrong side. Leo Terrell, Leo Terrell is a perfect example. He was a, 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 a hardcore Democrat. Now he's a hardcore Republican because he has seen the light. We have Larry Elder, that seems like he's going to win the recall election in California. Okay, so so again, and look, Fox News is just reporting right now that Biden says he doesn't speak about personal information. Like, like he's not the one that is, is speaking, that somebody else. So he's getting everybody already suspicious that he's not even calling, calling the shots. America's not stupid. If it's something America has, we have a lot of brilliant minds we have a lot of intelligent individuals and we have a lot of patriots a lot of people forget we have a lot of retired vets what did they forget how to use their weapons did they forget how to use all their guns and ammunition and all that we have professional hunters that are amazing snipers better than some of our military i was more appalled at the video that i saw of whatever you want to call her um, that she was actually saying that if there's a martial law and she tells you to get in and you don't, she's going to kill you. I was appalled, and apparently that girl's never seen combat, and apparently she forgets that a lot of the retired vets are still around, 
and a lot of those retired vets know how to fire a weapon. And she's a disgrace, and she should be kicked out of the military and dishonorably discharged. But going back to what, I'm sorry, I just got off. Sometimes I just remember these things that I watch, and it it just, it drives me insane. But going back to what you were saying, Jen, Jen whatever her fucking last name is, Saki, whatever, she is... She's just like Joe Biden. She is a puppet. She has no answers to the questions because there's no real truth to anything she's saying. This is all fabricated day in, day out. As the problems consistently keep happening, they're trying to do damage control. She's just a puppet, just like Joe Biden is. This is the same lady, and you can look this up, that was talking talking literally two years ago saying nasty things about Joe Biden. She was saying that Joe Biden can't run a country. Joe Biden's not a, he's not fit to be president. She said this, not me. So you guys can you you guys are smart enough to figure out what's going on here. Now, I want you guys to listen to this because this I found to be extremely interesting and I feel that you guys really need to to hear this. Now, Eric Clapton took the COVID vaccine. He took the COVID vaccine. Listen to what Eric Clapton said after he took the COVID vaccine. Well, the vaccine took my immune system and just shook it around again. Agony and uh, chronic pain. I went and had the second and that, and then it got really bad. And I, within about a week, I had lost. My hands didn't really work. It's there until I go to bed and I take sleeping pills because I can't sleep because of the pain. But the vaccine... So this is directly from Eric Clapton. Now, I told you guys I was going to hit you with facts. Remember, guys, if you want to be heard, if you want your voice to be heard, uh, the Republican Nation, you can dial it in. It goes straight to voicemail and your voice will be heard on our show. The number is 310-498-5463. That's our direct line. That's 310-498-5463. Now, I'm going to go to several different research uh well doctors that i have been able to um search and seem to be extremely credible they seem to be extremely credible okay because i i try to find information that's credible i don't want to mislead anybody and i don't want to i want to be as sincere as humanly possible and at the same time i just don't want to miss uh mislead anybody so I'm going to first, this is somebody who, um, he, he is, he is a, a radio personality as well. He's just talking, this is not a doctor, this is, he's talking about what's on the CDC website. I'd like for you guys to take a listen to this, I think it's extremely crucial. If I get vaccinated, can I stop wearing a mask? CDC answer, nope. If I get vaccinated, will I be resistant to COVID? CDC answer, maybe, but probably not. If I get vaccinated, I won't be contagious to others, right? Answer, no, the vaccine does not stop transmission. If I get vaccinated, how long will the vaccine last? CDC answer, no one knows. Why? Because it's still in its experimental phases. If I get vaccinated, can I stop social distancing? No. So then what is the advantage of getting vaccinated? The answer from the CDC? Hoping the virus won't kill you. Question. 
Are you sure the vaccine won't injure or kill me? CDC answer? No guarantees. Question. If statistically the virus has a 99.97 survival rate, why should I get vaccinated? CDC answer? To protect others. Question. So if I get vaccinated, I can protect everyone around me, right? CDC answer? No. Question. If I experience adverse effects from the vaccine, am I entitled to be compensated by the manufacturer or the government? CDC answer? Absolutely not. You see, the government and the vaccine manufacturers have 100% zero liability. Why? Because according to the CDC, it's an experimental drug. So let's take a moment to summarize, shall we? The COVID-19 vaccine does not provide immunity, does not eliminate the virus, does not prevent death, does not guarantee you won't get it, does not stop you from passing it on to others, does not eliminate masks or social distancing, does not eliminate lockdowns, and if you have adverse effects, you're out of luck. So is everybody in this world just stupid? I'd have to say Probably not. Unless, of course, you're one of these people driving around in your car alone with a mask on, then yes, you deserve an award of some kind. Or if you truly believe that if you're standing in a restaurant, you can get COVID. But if you're sitting, you can't. I'm afraid if you believe that, you are aimlessly wandering through the forest of stupidity. And all of this now begs the question, why is it that the powers that be absolutely insist that you must be vaccinated with their experimental drug? So that being said, these are all facts. These are things you can look up. These questions are questions that people have on their mind. And I felt that you guys should listen to this because these are the questions that I have on my mind. So, and these are all the answers that the CDC gives through their website. Now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to, Put a doctor, and this guy's he's very he's a world-renowned doctor. Um, his name is Dr. Rog, Roger Hodkinson. Um, and I want you to, on your own, to just listen to what he has to say about the entire whole COVID vaccine. And then you guys can make a decision. I'm Dr. Roger Hodkinson, a freedom-loving pathologist from Canada. I'm a fellow of the American College of Pathologists and the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada. My medical degrees are from Cambridge University in the UK, and I've held a number of significant positions, including being an assistant professor at the University of Alberta, president of the Association of Laboratory Physicians of Alberta, chairman of the Canadian Examination Board in Pathology, CEO of a large community laboratory, and currently, I'm the chairman of an American biotechnology company involved in DNA sequencing. I have a number of important messages for you resulting from this unprecedented horror show, the worst in medical history. I am viscerally outraged at this totally unnecessary, grotesque human tragedy. So my first message is this. Believe nothing you are being told. It's all been a pack of lies from start to finish, pure propaganda. This is nothing more than a bad seasonal flu with slightly increased risk for older people with comorbidities. My second message is that more than anything, 
This is a pandemic of fear, fear that was intentionally driven by two major factors, the notorious PCR test and the viciously effective silencing of any counter-narrative. The PCR test creates over 95% false positives in perfectly well people and drives the graphs in the morning paper where these false positives are called cases. They are no such thing. You are being lied to. The second driver of fear is the brutal silencing of the truth from the three sources you would normally rely upon to form your own independent judgment, politicians, the media, and physicians, particularly MDs, who by their cowardly silence have decided to put income ahead of ethics. The ethics we physicians are supposed to hold dear, first do no harm and inform consent. Fear in turn became the excuse for politicians and unelected bureaucrats to enforce the ludicrous, totally arbitrary mandates that have no consensus for, for effectiveness in the medical literature. None. I'm talking here about masks, social distancing, travel bans, and lockdowns. They couldn't work, haven't worked, and will not work. So my third message is simply this. Read my lips. Nothing works except effective prophylaxis with vitamin D and early treatment with Dr. McCullough's protocol. It's just politics playing medicine, and that's a very dangerous game. They dress themselves in the flag, demanding that only they can protect you from all of life's risks. It can't be done. I can tell you with categorical certainty as a pathologist, death happens. Life is risky. Get used to it just like you did with the past flu epidemics and every day when you drive your car. Governments must get used to the fact that modern medicine is totally impotent at controlling the spread of respiratory viruses. We must simply accommodate to them in ways we have done most effectively in past flu epidemics with liberal doses of the cheapest, most effective medicine there is. Common sense. Flip-flop Fauci created COVID-19 when his gain-of-function research escaped from the lab in Wuhan. You shouldn't be forced to put your life and your child's life on the line by getting vaxxed just to solve the problem he created. That is government tyranny and indescribably offensive. So for God's sake, don't let them scare you into getting vaxxed. Tell them to stop the shot. Thank you. Now, I, it's very hard for me to find credible, you know, um, credible people that are, that are going to tell you, you know, because you'll have people that'll show up like Dr. Q likes to show me videos of supposedly doctors and, and, and all that stuff. And then you have to, um, you have to take their word for it. And then you look them up and you can't find any information of, on them. So then what you do is you got to look for credible doctors. Um, and, you know, so, for example, I I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a, a perfect example. Dr. Roger ha is a CEO and medical director of MedMal Doctors, has received general medical degrees from Cambridge University in the UK, MA, MB, B, Chair where he was a scholar at Corpus Christi College. Following a residency at the University of British Columbia, he became the Royal College Certified General Pathologist. 
and also fellow of the College of American Pathologists. He is now, he is in good standing with the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta and has been recognized by the Court of Queen's Bench in Alberta <clears throat> as an expert in pathology. But the AP News will tell you pathologists falsely claims COVID-19 is a hoax. No worse than the flu. That is that uh, that is another th- this is how this is how they attack um this is how they attack people when they uh AP's assessment okay claim covid-19 is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated and just another bad flu Roger Hodgkinson a pathologist who identifies himself as a former chairman of the Royal College of Physicians and Canada Examination Committee of Pathology, made the comments by phone during a public meeting in Edmonton at the capital of the Canadian province of Alberta. AP's assessment, false. AP, okay? AP, Associated Press, their assessment. Doctor, press. False. Not only is COVID-19 deadlier than the flu, but the symptoms can be long-lasting, according to medical experts. Who are the medical experts? We don't know. Some online posts refer to Hodgkins, Hodkinson's as a former chairman of the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada. Hodgkinson's has never been chairman of the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada, the group said. That is bullshit because I just read it from their website. So this is how the news flips everything you hear. Again, I'm not like Dr. Q. I give you facts and I back it up and then I research those facts and make sure that I'm not misleading anybody. Now, he's not one of zero doctors saying the same exact thing. There are several doctors across the globe that are saying the exact same thing. Now, it's hard to find credible ones. So I went with him because he seems... Um, he seems to be the most credible of the ones that I have seen. Um, and I've researched him personally, and I know that what he is, his background and everything is factual. It is true what he is saying. So that leads me to believe, obviously, the press, which he mentioned in his comments, um, are misleading us, definitely misleading us. Um, okay, so. This is something that a lot of Americans are going through right now. I'm a professional race car engineer. I have a background in nuclear, biological, and chemical weapons study. And I also have civil engineering, aerospace engineering, and marine biology as correlated subjects of such study. I came here this afternoon not only to represent the people of Barbados, but to bring a certain educational perspective to what a tremendous amount of people have been asking me with the kind of background that I have in understanding what is actually going on. So I have one question which I don't want a response to. I don't really need a response to the question. And then I have a series of points I would like to back up that question with. And I'd like to address this question directly to the Chief Medical Officer and to my lady over there in the corner. I'd like to ask the Chief Medical Officer, please, to provide evidence for the public education 
that describes the isolation of a SARS-CoV-2 virus directly from a sample taken from a deceased patient, where the patient sample was not first combined with any other source of genetic material, i.e. monkey kidney cells, aka vero cells, liver cancer cells. Sir, before the CMO continues, I must remind you that you have to maintain a brief period of time sure. for your presentation. Sure. We have many persons who still wish to I understand to that, but you also have to realize I'm educating a lot of other people who are listening for this. We appreciate, I appreciate, your situation. We appreciate that as well, sir. Right. That leads me to my, to, my, um, to my next point. Sir, we, we haven't heard from the CMOs yet, I believe. Well, he's refused. So I am not, I'm, I'm really not clear, so. Okay. So you gotta, I just slow down now. Slow down. I, he That's was okay. going pretty That's no slow. Problem at all. I'll, I'll just move on. We've got limited time. No problem. Addressing the um, situation where a lot of people believe that the SARS-CoV-2 is a novel coronavirus. SARS-CoV-2 is a subclade of the beta coronavirus family. And how do we know this? Simply because we did cross-referencing via the International Taxometer Reviews and then correlated those with actual genetic sequences and reviewed them against the patent records that were available and it is apparent that the declaration of a novel coronavirus is a fallacy. There are several coronaviruses sequences that have been uploaded but there was not one single identified novel coronavirus, none at all. Furthermore, Patents on coronavirus sequences were sought as early as 1999. Up until 1999, patenting of coronavirus sequencing was uniquely isolated to veterinary science. First vaccine patent for coronavirus was sought by Pfizer, and more specifically, the patenting of the S-spike protein, the same thing we've allegedly only just discovered. First patent application was filed January 28, 2000, 21 years ago. There is nothing new about this. And in support of that, we have this document. This is the evidence supporting that. This is the evidence which shows that there is no, that SARS is no naturally evolved virus. It's not a naturally evolved virus. No one has ever produced a safe and effective vaccine against a coronavirus. It has never been done. And it never will be done, simply because it's not possible. Therefore, I go on and I quote, the co-receptor-dependent phagocytic general method of action, for those who don't understand that, okay, this is science talk, okay? I'm following the science now, so bear with me. General method of action for infectivity and pathogenicity, in other words, this is what makes it so deadly, okay, of SARS-CoV-2 appears to be specifically related to cumulative charge resulting from inserts placed on the surface of the spike receptor binding domain. What does that tell you? This is a lab-engineered phenomenon. And how do we know that? We can back up that simply because we have a document produced and very kindly submitted to us by our friends in the CCP intelligence service who gave us this document where 
It says two mutations were critical for back to human transmission of Middle East Respiratory Syndrome coronavirus. This is where AstraZeneca and some of the other vaccine manufacturers get their vector from. It's just that there's one small problem, is that it outlines direct collusion between the Communist Chinese Party and those who were building it. We recognized HKU4 spike, aiming to build its capacity to mediate viral entry into human cells. To this end, we introduced two single mutations. We introduced two single mutations, not the we. S76R and S76A into HKU4 spike. The S76R mutation was expected to restore the HPC, HPC motive. I go on and quote further. We produced retroviruses pseudotyped with HKU4 spike, referred to as HKU4 pseudoviruses in human cells. Sir, I, I, I think I've given you a fair amount of time. No, I to, I'm not sir, done yet. Sir, Mr. Corbyn, Mr. Corbyn. I'm addressing, I'm addressing uh, the, Mr. the chief, Corbin, I'm addressing the doctor over here. Allow me to share with you one point. Yeah. We need you as this is a town hall meeting where everyone wishes to participate, I understand. to come to a point where you give us a suggestion, an idea, or a proper question. I just want to address the doctor in the corner. What? Thank you, Mr. Pro Thank you, Madam Prime Minister. I appreciate your help. I just want to address. I just want to address my lady doctor in, in the um, in the corner. <laughs> We're going to have a drink over this, by the way. When I challenge you with regard to your ingredients of the uh, Pfizer vaccine. I had good reason to do so. Because I hold in my hands an internal document from Pfizer Laboratories, which was given to us by a very special person who we have contact with, called Reverse Engineering the Source Code of the BioNTech-Pfizer SARS-CoV-2 Vaccine. And this is very, very critical because it outlines the chemical and the biological processes which were very, very carefully manipulated in order to be able to produce an mRNA that also contained a very, very dangerous toxin to the human body. Do you know what that toxin is? That toxin is called graphene oxide. And every single one of these vaccines in a 30 milligram shot contains 15 billion nanoparticles or lipid carrier particles within the mRNA sequence. 15 billion nanoparticles. And let me tell you how graphene oxide works when it gets into the body. Because when the spike protein then binds itself to our blood cells and so on, graphene oxide then starts to build a structure. And this is why we have people with blood clots and we have people with heart failure, sudden heart failure and so on, because Mr. the Corbin, graphene oxide Mr. is building structure. Mr. Corbyn, again, Mr. Corbyn, you're lecturing at I'm the moment. Not lecturing. I'm you just are, Mr. Corbyn. And we have. I'm educating. Mr. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Corbyn, we have. Apparently, the man is shutting them down. Ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention? Mr. Corbyn, we have 
definitely now giving you sufficient time yeah. to make your presentation. Uh, we have to give others a similar opportunity. And therefore, I have to <coughs> ask you to please make a point, make, provide a question, or we will have to cut your microphone. Okay. One last question. As much as you have support in the audience, we have a number of persons who need to be heard as well. This is your final opportunity, Mr. Corbyn. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you, Madam Prime Minister. I just want to make sure that everybody understands that Barbados is actually a signatory to the Convention on the Prohibition and Development and Production and Stockpiling of Bacteriological and Toxic Weapons. And we signed that treaty on the 16th of July, 1976. However, the patent databases that we have accessed proves that COVID-19 and COVID-19 vaccines are in fact a bioweapon. And how do we support that? Because we have a copy of the mysteriously deleted Wuhan databases that tell us everything. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Gordon. Now, this video was very difficult because let me explain to you what happened with this video. It was very hard for me. It kept getting deleted. So I kept trying to find it and it kept getting deleted and I finally was able to find it and when I did find it, I had to download it into my computer because it kept getting taken down from every website, YouTube, including Rumble, which I found to be extremely on, odd. And again, the man gave his credentials prior to starting this entire uh, presentation and he broke it down to a science. Now, I don't tell people whether or not to take the vaccine or not take the vaccine. Just in, take the information I have given you and make a decision on what you want to do. Whether or not you want to take the jab or you don't want to take the jab. I've made my decision. Okay? And, um, and I just, I had to bring information that I, 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 I spent many hours Many hours this weekend. That's why it was one of the major reasons that I did not do a show on Friday is because I, I am a one-man army. I have an assistant that comes every so often, and I have her doing certain things for me. But I am a one-man army, um, and I, I do all the research myself, and it is very difficult when you're raising two kids, you have a wife, and you have a business that you have to run outside of, uh, outside of the, the Republican nation. And... Um, and you have to do this type of research and you want to make sure that the research is accurate to the best of your knowledge. And there is no reason for me to believe that any of this is not good research. Now, that being said, I have gone through it all. I have checked everything. I even had a conversation um, with a pharmacist uh, that happens to live in my neighborhood, I showed him some of this. He had no answers to this. He just kept defending that RNA vaccinations are safe, that Tylenol, because I'm going to give you the other side as well, that Tylenol is more dangerous than these vaccines. I highly doubt that. Um, he says that you can take 20 pills of Tylenol and you can die. You can OD. 
which is true, only because it attacks your kidneys and liver. But that being said, that still doesn't change the fact that the vaccine, there's something very, very wrong with this vaccine situation and the fact that they're forcing it upon everybody. Now, this video, you're not going to be able to get this video anywhere. You might be able to find it if somebody uploads it quick and then it'll get down. It'll get taken down. It will get taken down. So if you guys want to rewind and you want to rehear what the man was saying, he breaks it down to a science. He breaks it down to a science. He gives his credentials. And he says it how it is. And then I also gave you another doctor who also spoke about this. And then I referenced over the AP, the Associated Press, and what they said about it. I also referenced what the CDC puts on their website and the questions that Americans have. So I think I gave you enough information to pretty much decide whether or not you want to take the vaccine. I mean, this is this is information that vaccine took my. So this is information that I acquired. Very difficult. Um, so. That's it. I mean, this is where we end the show again, guys, if you want to be on our show, if you want to be heard, if you want to have your voices heard, this is the show that will always be the voice of the American people. I will always voice your opinions, no matter what you have to say. The number here is 310-498-5463. 310-498-5463. You can also reach me at jace at com. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to... I love you guys so much that I'm not even going to stop the show yet. Because there is some people that have emailed me. And there's. it's just I'm getting... So bombarded is so difficult to run this on my own. But um, I do have um, videos. Okay, so, I mean, I, I do have emails. Hey, Jace, not sure if you've played this exact video or not yet, but here's another example of what these teachers are teaching our children. I am a young listener, and I see all my classmates in college falling for this stuff. This has to get stopped. Keep up the good podcast. I listen to you every day at work. I admire the fact that you go to college and you work. You're a Republican. <laughs> all right, so let's let's uh let's see what let's see what this video is all about. I would be super proud of you if you chose to get the vaccine. Okay, I we'll just keep. Okay, I put that one up on my podcast already. That's what happened in Utah. I had a whole conversation about this. Um, yes, I have played it. Okay, so we have another email. Happy Thursday. This is how backed up I am. Thank you for playing my song. And I enjoyed this episode with Dr. Q. He's always an interesting person to listen to. Wow, he would really enjoy that compliment. Okay, so we got another question. Thoughts. I was at Clout Hub this morning and I saw a post. Here's what it says. The FDA doesn't do anything of the testing for drug approval. NIH does and provides its findings to the FDA for approval. Look up Christine Grady. She is the head of NIH Bioethics and just so happens to be Dr. Fauci is her husband. That is correct. That is correct. I have verified that claim. What the fuck? Again, something wrong. Also, I keep reading more and more articles stating the FDA didn't approve a COVID vaccine and actually approved it in a, as a different vaccine. And so the media is just twisting it. Then I hear the FDA approved the vaccine, but only for trials. 
I am hearing so many different things. So I call Pfizer at 1-800-666-7248. It's Pfizer's phone number. And they literally say that this has not been approved by the FDA. And that has, and that is, and that it has been authorized for emergency use to prevent COVID. I called this morning, August 26, call them. You would think if this is such great news that it got approved, they would have Change their automated message already. Also, I want your thoughts on the bombings of what happened in Kabul airport today. I already gave my thoughts on that, but let's give these people a ring. Hell, why not, right? What, what What's the harm that can come from calling Pfizer? Let's see. We will call them live on the air. Um, Here we go. Thank you for calling Pfizer's U.S. customer service. Please listen carefully as our menu options have changed. This call may be monitored and recorded for quality assurance. If you know your party's extension number, press 1. For assistance regarding Prevnar or Tremenba, press 2. If you are a designated recipient of government products and are calling about an existing or expected Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine order, press 8. The Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine is also known as Comirnaty. Comirnaty is FDA approved for ages 16 and up. Comirnaty has the same formulation as Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, and the products can be used interchangeably. See conditions of use at www.cvdvaccine.com. For all other Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine inquiries, please visit www. Thank you for calling Pfizer's U.S. customer service. Please listen. I'm trying to get somebody on the phone. order for Prevnar 13 or Trumenba, press 1. For all of please provide your account number followed by the pound key. If you do. Just marking any numbers. All right, so we're going to get to the bottom of this, ladies and gentlemen. The show just got more interesting. to hear this music so we're good alexandria we're gonna get to the bottom of this we're gonna get to the bottom of this i'm actually gonna try to talk to somebody if they don't keep me on hold for please remain on the line while we direct your call to a customer service representative all right so let's see so i'm right now i'm uh, i'm they're looking at me like i'm a provider i guess or somebody who's gonna buy Okay, this is horrible customer service. Actually, maybe I'm just being a little impatient. Let me see how long I've been waiting on the line. Uh, two minutes and 43 seconds. Let's give them. I mean, AT&T and any other company would direct TV or any of these other companies would probably keep you longer. Every single one of these companies have the lamest music. 
These people tried to add a little tropical feel to it. Like, oh my God, we're finally... Good afternoon, Pfizer. This is Joan. Hi, I'm calling because I was just curious because I'm I'm so confused. And I just wanted to ask, is, is, this, is this FDA approved, the Pfizer vaccine for COVID? Is it FDA approved? Yes, it is. 100% yes, FDA? it was approved on August 23rd. Yes. Yeah, so because I, I get so much misinformation from different people, and I just I needed to speak to somebody that knows because the website says like when I just called right now, it was saying that um, it's approved, but then it said like another name of a vaccine. So then I'm trying to figure out: is it Pfizer? Is it an, is it the COVID nineteen vaccine, or is it another vaccine? So I was, and and some people are telling me no, it's still it's in the truck. It's the COVID. It's no, it, it was approved on August 23rd. And it, it's not in any trial. It's called. It, it's not in any no. trial period, right? No. It's not pending a trial or anything like that, right? It's not fully approved. for 16 and over now. It's, it's fully, fully approved. approved for 16 and older. Okay, I greatly appreciate that information. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for calling Pfizer. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Well, Alexandria, there you go. Straight from Pfizer's uh, customer service line. It is fully FDA approved. Um, so, I mean, I, again, it's Pfizer, but I don't think they would be lying about something like that. If you call, I, I mean, I would I would assume um, she receives calls like this all the time. So um, we got to the bottom of it. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that does not change what I presented. But, yes, it is. For those of you that had questions, it is FDA approved. Uh, we just got confirmation from Pfizer. So that being said, so gives you more of, uh, it, it, it eliminates that doubt that you have whether this is FDA approved or not. So now you guys don't have that doubt in your mind. It is FDA approved. I knew it was FDA approved, even though Dr. Q kept arguing it's not, but it is FDA approved because I read the 42 page, uh, the 42, 45 page um, uh, approval. So, and I knew that, and it says all the side effects, it says everything, but it is a fully, uh, fully approved, uh, uh FDA, FDA, uh, vaccine. So that being said, guys, do not forget if you know a vet out there that needs a car that's struggling right now and served our country, please let me know. Feel free to let me know at any point. Um, God bless you. God bless your families and God bless this beautiful country we call America. It is time for our politicians to summon the bravery and determination of our American ancestors. It is time. It is time to plant our flag and to protect the greatest of this nation for citizens of every race, in every city, and every part of this glorious land. For the sake of our honor, for the sake of our children, for the sake of our union, we must protect and preserve our history, our heritage, and our great heroes is in our hands. And ladies and gentlemen, the best is yet done. We will make America great again.